Welcome to CrossFit Versus Pregnancy, the podcast for the first time or new fit mum who's looking for reassurance and guidance about training throughout their pregnancy. I'm Misha, a coach who went from competitive bodybuilder to crossfitter to expecting first-time mum all in 18 months. Having searched through what feels like the entire web for do's and don'ts, I realised that the best way I could prepare for a CrossFit baby would be to speak to those with first-hand experience and share mine week by week. From coaches to athletes, new mums to veteran parents, you can follow my CrossFit pregnancy journey as well as learn from those who have successfully lived through it. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is CrossFit Versus Pregnancy, the podcast about training throughout your pregnancy and hoping to reassure all those amazing fit mums-to-be that training is absolutely the right thing for you to do in pregnancy. And today I am joined by an amazing guest who I've known, I was trying to think about this earlier, I think we've probably known each other for round about six to eight years, I don't know, I can't be that specific, through the fitness industry is where we first met on the um, competitive bodybuilding circuit and coincidentally when I found out this next little bit of information I, it just blew my mind. We are both pregnant and almost exactly to the day uh, due at the same time. It is absolutely <laughs> crazy. So we're very much on this a similar kind of journey. Um, so to tell you a little bit my about my next guest, she is a two-time world champion fitness model, not just once, but twice. She is the founder of Transform with Zoe, an online coaching program, and a sponsored athlete with Gluteware and USN. So she too is 23 weeks pregnant with her first baby, which I'm not going to give it away because I'll let her tell a little bit more about it. So welcome Zoe Wright. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. This oh is, no. This is awesome. It's amazing to have you and genuinely can't believe when we when I started to see a few of your posts about, you know, first of all getting pregnant and then, yeah. you know, you were this many weeks and this many weeks. I was like, oh, I've got a message Zoe. And <laughs> we are literally due a, a day apart. So quite mind-blowing actually I know um, I know we're literally just saying that <laughs> yeah but so exciting at the same time um because I feel like now we can truly just bounce off each other and connect in in how how your journey's going and and kind of I don't know use that as an opportunity to share a different experience because I'm sure we're both experiencing such different things in our pregnancies as any woman does so I'm really excited to find out a bit more about you how you're feeling your plans currently your plans for the future and just I've got so many questions so so far away how are you feeling first of all right now I'm, I'm feeling tired today. I feel yeah. like this week, I've just, I think maybe the change in weather, the change of season, I always get a little bit like sort of summer post blues. Um, but I think I just obviously, now I'm starting to get a little bit bigger as well in the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I am starting to slow down a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my like, you know, 23 weeks now, obviously third trimester is about 27, 28 weeks, isn't it normally? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm kind of like slowing down by the weeks now, but I got, mm. I felt good as soon as I got into the second trimester. I had so much energy. It was like, almost like I forgot I was pregnant some days. Right. Um, mm. But now, obviously, bending down, 
tying my shoelaces. It's getting a little harder now. <laughs> so I am definitely feeling more and more pregnant as the as the time goes on physically now. Yeah. Like people yeah. can physically see it. Mm-hmm. Um but like yeah, like yourself, I guess energy wise, it just it just varies, doesn't it? Right, so much. You can't predict it, which is so annoying. No. <laughs> I think could... just the, the weather and like the yeah. change in like times is darker in the mornings and mm-hmm. darker again and like earlier in the evenings. I think that has a part to play in it. Yeah. But I do think you know we're growing a human be- uh, a human being, so I'm guessing that's quite tiring in itself. A hundred percent. And I think when we look back through you know let alone other people that we you know can't necessarily compare ourselves to in terms of athleticism or the passion to want to exercise at all let alone um you know years gone by the difference in what women are deemed to be capable of in throughout pregnancy we're kind of well it has two ends of the spectrum some cultures still think that women are these precious little flowers that need to be like locked away when they're pregnant but i think in the western society it's much more um, understood that women are capable of just kind of going about their lives Pe- women work right up till the last minute people exercise yeah. you know right up until they give birth it's amazing what we're capable of but we do need to give ourselves a bit of a bit more credit that we are absolutely growing a human being and that's not only physically exhausting but it's it's psychologically can be really exhausting as well definitely so yeah there's absolutely truth in everything that you said and I can I couldn't agree more so let's go back before you were pregnant let's talk a little bit about your competitive history so um when did you last compete and when did you first compete give us a little timeline oh god so 2015 was the first time I ever competed Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, for those who don't know my background, a little bit of a nutshell, I had my uh, large intestine removed in 2014 due to uh, ulcerative colitis, a form of inflammatory bowel disease. Um, and I made it my mission from 2014 up until I obviously stepped on stage to become the role model I never had. And I was, uh, you know, into the gym around the same time as I was, I was really ill. It kind of was my outlook, my therapy. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be that role model for young women, young men that, you know, had given, like, you know, they had had an ostomy bag or they were going through this illness and they needed someone to, you know, look up to and think, you know what, she's doing it. I can do it. I yeah. can accept this and embrace this ostomy bag. I accept this illness. And it just started off as just like, just wanting to step on stage for the first time and, you know, just, just one time only. And then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I got the bug. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I went on stage again in 2016. I got second overall then. And I was like, you know what? I'm so close to first. I really want to, I really want to work towards the first place overall mm-hmm. trophy, especially mm-hmm. in a fitness bonding federation where it's so image orientated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was when I won my first world title in, in 2017. And it was, it was just incredible to know that, you know, from someone who was in a hospital bed that kind of just had this idea of going on stage to kind of, you know, to show that people, to show to people that you can do whatever you want to put your mind to. Um, and kind of for myself as well, just to kind of yeah. almost lock those demons away of being mm. so self-conscious about this ostomy bag. Um, I was just, yeah, just to be given that overall crown for a fitness modeling federation and, you know, but, the, but then having a sponsored, um, being sponsored by USN, it was just, it was just incredible. And yeah. um, 
then I had a couple of years off. I decided actually in 2017, I was like, well, that's my last show. <laughs> I'm done <Yeah>. now. <laughs> um, but then I had uh, two major surgeries in between 2017 and 2019. So both in 2019. And um, I had a, I had my ostomy bag removed and I had a J pouch created. Mm. And um, this was a tough decision for me because obviously with a J pouch, well, not obviously because people don't really understand what a J pouch is, but it's basically a, a pouch they make from your small intestine. Mm-hmm. And with that can come the risk of um, not being able to conceive right. um, naturally or at all. Yeah. Um, obviously, the chances uh, go up when you've done it by keyhole. So obviously I had my own keyhole, so less scar tissue, but... Scar tissue can wrap around your ovaries, limiting yeah. limiting sort of you know the access and stuff. Mm-hmm. I won't kind of murder the murder, medical term for that, um, but you know I had I had a real battle with that because you know I didn't know if I was going to be able to conceive naturally or at all, or you know I have to go down the IVF route, and you know these are hard conversations I had with my my surgeon and my medical yeah. team at the time. But mm. I decided to go for the the J pouch because um, the what if it worked would kill me if I didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. And I was still young and I could always go back to an ostomy bag if the worst case worst case happened. Um, so I I just decided and um, after I watched the 2020, you know, 2021 Worlds, no, 2020, I'm getting confused on my dates now. Um, I, I just decided it was a live stream because obviously COVID was still around and um, yeah. I just turned to my, um, my, my now husband and just said, I need to go back on stage. Like yeah. I need, I need to do this for myself. Mm-hmm. I need to show that you know people. I can come back after having my ostomy bag reversed, and I can come back and do it. And that was hard because you know four years off competing. Yeah. No yeah. one, no, no one knows what you're gonna look like. Everyone has these high expectations. The pressure is on. You know, mm-hmm. especially for yourself. And yeah, I came back in November two thousand and twenty-one, and I, I managed to get my second overall world title. Um, Amazing. Which was you know something that. At the time, I didn't expect because I just wanted to get back on stage. But then, as you go through the prep, you're like, "I'm going to do this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, "I'm going to leave no stone unturned here." It's just remarkable, like the story that you've told. Obviously, I know about your history, having followed your story since we first. I think we first met back in 2016. Although yeah, I'm pretty confident, time. I'm pretty confident I saw you on stage for the first time in 2015 because I was quite, um, quite involved with. Uh, with Pure Elite at the time which is the federation that you are most commonly associated with and um, I seem to remember that um, and being so incredibly inspired by you know your story and and what you were trying to do to hear your progression and I had no idea it was going to be a question of mine today to to ask you if your um, fertility would be affected by um the history of your you know your gut health and and all of those things so so okay let, let's perfect transition really into yeah. where you're at now um you are obviously pregnant so that yes. decision to to kind of get pregnant and then getting pregnant was w- what were your expectations and then and then obviously how did you feel when when you did get pregnant yeah, so a little bit of a background. Um, I actually fell pregnant in 2020 um, and un- I unfortunately had a missed miscarriage, 
um, it wasn't until my 12 week scan that I actually discovered that, you know, the, the sort of the growth hadn't like sort of progressed and, you know, I had to go for a whole sort of surgical procedure to remove the pregnancy tissue. And so I, I knew, I knew that I could conceive, um, from that, you know, that, that experience that I had of, to obviously had to deal with, um, when I went for the mis miscarriage. Um, but even, even after that, I questioned whether it was to do with my J pouch yeah, and whether yeah. it was to do with my scar tissue and, mm. you know, my past medical history. And I think it was really nerve wracking when I did find out I was pregnant because the first 12 weeks I was so on, on edge yeah, yeah. with, you know, what's going to happen? Is everything going to be okay? Um, we did go for two private scans throughout that 12 weeks before the dating scan because I was like I just need to know for myself yeah mm. um because the first pregnancy I had when I had a miscarriage I literally had every single symptom going I was still suffering with morning sickness the day I went into hospital for my dating scan yeah. um so you know I know they say one in three or one in four women actually have a miscarriage on their first pregnancies mm -hmm. so I I didn't even know that stat yeah. I didn't know, I thought a, a miscarriage would be, you bleed, that's yeah. a miscarriage. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, you know, that's what we're told sort of in science and school. And, and I just, it really, really took me back. Um, but when I found out I was pregnant this time and everything was fine, um, you know, I just, I felt it was so incredibly grateful that my body would allow me to do this. Yeah. Because, you know, I had fought with my body for so many years um, you know, it's an autoimmune disease, so it, it my right. white blood cells attack um, healthy tissue. Mm -hmm. So I just had this, you know, overwhelming sense of just feeling very grateful that I was actually able to conceive because I see so many women on support groups that I'm in for Crohn's and colitis and J pouches where they've gone through years and years of IVF and they're still not pregnant, and it's yeah. just heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, honestly, I got shiver when you said that I had no idea and I'm so sorry that you went through that and thank you for sharing that I think it's so important I know there are so many women of all ages whether they are trying to get pregnant or not that go through that and yeah. have and then have to kind of deal with the consequences of the emotions surrounding it let alone the physical you know like you say you had to have surgery and you know all of that but then it, there is questions afterwards isn't there and there is going to be doubt and I think that that's that's so natural to think is this my fault is this my body's mm. fault you know so it must be to be 23 weeks now yeah and you know ultimately everything's good apart from the symptoms of being pregnant which can suck sometimes <laughs> um there's no you know absolutely you must feel so wonderful and just so grateful that your body what an amazing body you have let alone women in general but to have been through so much in such a short space of time you know early on in your life and now you're make you you're actually growing a human is is just mind-blowing isn't it it's just yeah it's overwhelming and it's just something that I never thought I'd be able to do mm. so it's just even more special yeah yeah oh it's so exciting and Correct me if I'm wrong, I think you have announced whether you're having um, a girl or a boy, am I right? Yes, I have, yeah, so we're having a little boy, which oh. I'm really, I'm so happy about. Oh. <laughs> I know that girls, like normally women want like little girls, but I'm just like, well, 
you know, we, you know, we said, you know, we might want two children. And I said, I don't want two girls. I grew up as a sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a sister. And it's just two girls, cat and dog. Um, oh, obviously, as long as the baby's healthy, you know, that's all the, yeah. the main thing. But um, I just had this really, I come from a family of all girls. So, wow. you know, to like find out we're having a little boy was just incredible. Oh, that's so exciting. Have you, yeah. have you started thinking about names? You don't have to give anything away, but yeah. is that so on we, the agenda? Yeah, we, we already, we had the name from like the very beginning oh for a boy. Oh my God, that's amazing. We just, wow. we just kind of, we heard this name and I was like, I really like that name. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's it for me. But with girls, we were a bit like struggling with it a bit. Yeah, Um. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about training. Okay, so obviously with your competitive background um, and an amazing physique, a show-winning physique, tell us a bit about pregnant training pre-pregnancy and, and what that looked like. You know, how many times a week you were training um, and then transitioning for when you got pregnant, how you felt about training then and, and if you had any knowledge about what was going to, what, what you needed to do. Yeah, so pre pre training was um, you know I, I like to train quite heavy, mm-hmm. um, sort of a lot of strength work, a lot of volume work. Um, I just kind of I, I love the whole aspect of real hypertrophy tra- like hypertrophy training, but also mm-hmm. the old school bodybuilding sort of like five by fives and sort of just like that old powerlifting style. So I like yeah. to be like a bit of a hybrid of my training, and um, you know before training it was like you know just chasing numbers. Um, yeah. you know, really working in four to six week blocks, you know, same workout, like same training program, just really making sure that I work through that program and I, I give it my all. Um, and then, you know, as soon as I fell pregnant, um, I had some knowledge on, you know, pre- uh, training around pregnancy, but I didn't have like the real sort of in scope, like, like yourself, like we said on the phone, um, before this this podcast like you know we didn't expect to fall so quickly so we didn't have that time to kind of get all the sort of research and and knowledge and I mean there's so much out there as well it's Mm. just it's a minefield so it's Mm. good that you're doing podcasts like this speaking to actual like people that train um yeah but I um I I jumped straight onto a pre and postnatal uh, level three course um, and I'm just about finishing that now, which I learned a few bits in as well that I didn't know. So I I was really sort of appreciative of that. Um, but now you know I was, I went from training like four to five times a week. Um, I also teach uh, like a body pump, uh, Les Mills body pump. Yeah. Um, so I teach one or two classes a week. Um, still right now I'm still teaching it but that was my pre-pregnancy so five times a week training and also you know one or two body pumps on top of that so sometimes I was training up to seven days a week Mm -hmm. Um, well seven times a week not seven days a week and then um, this you know as soon as my first trimester hit you know I was super fatigued Um, Mm -hmm. I felt really sick Um, I was lucky to make it into the gym like maybe two three times a week um, I was still teaching my body pump classes. Mm-hmm. I just was very, very slow and light. And that, do you know what? It's really funny because a couple of ladies in the class clocked on before I even told them that I was pregnant. <laughs> they could just, they were like, you're different. Yeah. Are you pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> Women just, just have this intuition. They have this weird they? sixth sense. <laughs> yeah. That's strange. They're like, I can just see you. You're looking a little bit different. Your boobs are looking full of, because my boobs have gone huge. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, so they just kind of clocked on. I just thought that was quite quite interesting. But 
Now on my second trimester, you know, the only things I've really changed is obviously I'm not lifting as much, like, you know, not even half as much as I would normally lift. I'm um, not, you know, can't lie on my back because obviously you're not allowed to lie on your back for the pressure, mm-hmm. um, for the, the blood flow to the baby. So I'm doing things at an incline. Um, I'm not doing any sort of like fast paced movements, like plyometric work. I mean, I'm still training. I'm just being a lot more mindful and just adapting as and when I need to um, and listening to my body a lot more than I would well I listen to my body anyway but listening to it a little bit more than I normally would because you know I've not been pregnant before so I don't know what it's like to train when I'm pregnant yeah yeah um but I'm you know I aim for around three or four sessions a week in the gym now and and my one or two body pump classes a week and that's you know I'm at 23 weeks pregnant now and I'm really hoping to continue that all the way through amazing yeah and and that's I think that's the key isn't it having no expectations but hope yeah and and now you've done the courses and probably like me you're you know knee deep in research that there's so much positivity around training in pregnancy that if we can and we know we know that um the positive research that associates you know the benefits whilst pregnant the benefits in labor the benefits post-pregnancy that if we can we will because not only is training such a huge part of both of our lives and it's you know it's something that we love and we're passionate about it's not something that we feel forced to do um otherwise we wouldn't do it but that it to be able to continue that it's I feel I feel so grateful that my body is allowing me to do that and actually um something that I can agree more with if I can do this right until the end I absolutely will you know and that that is again just an amazing thing that our body is doing you know we're growing a baby and we're still exercising and and not just going for a walk as well which is what most exercise relates to when you're pregnant you know stay active go for a walk you know oh great that's yeah that's really (laughs) that's really great advice when that's not the kind of stuff that you do um but I think ultimately if we can continue to train then why not And it's that, like you say, your body's allowing you to at this point. So you're going to keep trying to, but, but listening to your body and adapting when, when you feel you need to is, is absolutely the right thing to do. So, so have you sought any advice apart from the course that you did from anyone specific around relating to training and pregnancy? Um, you know, so many women that I've already spoken to on this podcast sort of said, I didn't speak to anyone specific but I did my own research I listened to podcasts um and it's definitely a growing fascination around pregnancy and exercise there's so much more research but there are professionals out there that obviously can give more specific specific advice so did you seek any specific advice no so I I looked more into sort of research journals and Mm -hmm. studies um, sort of the benefits of training whilst um, pregnant and obviously um, I do actually recommend a really good book it's it's based on sort of the female sort of just female training mm-hmm. um, and it's a book called Raw by Dr Stacey uh, Sims and she actually yep. does a, quite a bit of research as well around pregnancy mm-hmm. um, you can probably follow her on Instagram actually and um yeah. she we've does spoken, have we've spoken about dr stacy yeah, podcast before she's amazing she's awesome and her book i mean i read that back to back to front um you know probably twice over now and she's obviously got a section in there about pregnancy and i wasn't really like taking it in back then because i was like it doesn't really you know i didn't really need 
none of my clients are pregnant, so I don't need to yeah. really focus on that right now. But you know, now that I'm pregnant, I really want to focus on sort of the pre and postnatal, more more postnatal because I think mm-hmm. you can't really do pre pregnancy planning and training when unless yeah. it's one to one really because you do mm-hmm. need to be that sort of you need to see someone but postnatal really as well especially like you know women that want to just get back into fitness yeah they want to get yeah. back and I think there's no shame in that like there's absolutely no shame in that like you know a common question I get asked is you know are, you know are you, are you looking forward to getting back in the gym and bouncing back like you know yeah I am actually because it's what I do it's what yeah. I enjoy and yeah. I always say train and eat for performance and the body will follow. And that's exactly what I intend to do throughout my pregnancy and afterwards. It doesn't change just because I'm growing a human being. Mm-hmm. I, like you said, this is this is not a chore for us. This is something that we do like brushing our teeth every single day. It's a right. daily habitual habit that we enjoy and we we thrive off and we mm. there's so much more that you get there's so much more that you get out of exercise than just the body. You get so much mental stimuli, like stimuli. You get so much. It's just you could you could be here for ages telling you the benefits of exercise yeah. just alone. But even when throughout pregnancy, I do find I did have a period where I kind of like you know the twelve week scan had gone, and then we found out the gender, and I just kind of had this like slump, like oh, like the excitement bit is over. Mm-hmm. Like I've got all these weeks now to go, and I had a bit of like sort of. I don't know second trimester blues I'm going to call it yeah and um the only thing that really helped me throughout that sort of like period is about a week or a week week to 10 days I just was like in such a real like down depressed mood and you know I spoke to my husband about it and I said the only thing that's actually like helping me right now is just going to the gym and just just exercising even if I just don't even have a great session mm-hmm. just moving my body the way I actually like to move my body yeah absolutely I think so much around, I don't know if you agree with this, and I'm sure working in the profession that you do, coaching women and and helping them transform their bodies and their performance and everything that encapsulates both those things. But there is this expectation that when we exercise, we're doing it because we feel guilty or because we want to make change, because we want to burn calories. And... I think there is still this expectation as um, around pregnancy. Certainly, I've experienced it as these questions as why are you still doing it? As if there is, a, you know, a sort of really, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, materialistic reason, you know, the re- I'm doing yeah. it because of how I look and I don't want to see my body change. Actually, that's, that's, for me, it's not the case at all. And I'm sure there are women out there that really are battling um, that physical change throughout pregnancy and seeing their body change especially if they've come from a background like like you and I you know where we've yeah. pushed our bodies to extremes to look a certain way to be judged um, for a profession you know that's it's, it's understandable but at the same time you know whether it's you're pregnant or whether you're just doing exercise for a, for a p- purpose whether it be your mental health or just wanting to be physically healthier um people always have the assumption that you're going for um a reason that surrounds aesthetic and i think that that's something that hopefully people like us talking about that we have that past um, experience of transforming our bodies to that extreme that are now experiencing a whole new journey aesthetically with our bodies and yet I did ex- I've done exactly the same throughout pregnancy in my first trimester 
pregnancy was the i'm sorry training was the only thing that stopped me feeling nauseous for an hour i had do you know what i had that as well that's so weird that you said that i if i didn't get up in the morning have my breakfast and go and train yeah i was gonna have a really shit day with my sickness and there it's is so no, strange you just said that. Yeah, it's and, and I think now, you know, relating to other people like yourself and others that I've spoken to that have had that experience, there is absolutely, there's no other explanation apart from your hormones are going crazy. And when we yeah. train, we release all of these overriding feel-good hormones that must just basically put everything else on hold for a while and just let you live in that moment of those feel-good hormones really pick your brain up they make everything work quicker your metabolism like absolutely everything is is functioning yeah. optimally to to process that training session so um you know i'm not surprised that other women experience that so then going into the second trimester i had this like escape from the the nausea just like you and and kind of all the symptoms stopped and i was like just like what you said am i even pregnant anymore but training then became really fun again it wasn't just about training because of nausea it became I can do this because my body is allowing me to and and let's see how we need to adapt and how that's gonna how that can be a hugely positive thing and another thing that I experienced like what you what I'm talking about in, in relation to it not needing to be because we feel we have to is when I went on holiday most recently people were oh god people in other cultures have so much opinion around pregnancy and um and experiencing that shock about me wanting to exercise and and even when I got back people were like you trained on holiday and there's always this this again expectation of you know oh shouldn't you go away and just relax and eat and put on some weight and really not think about the gym well, I don't go to the gym because I'm feeling bad about what I did the day before. I'm going because it makes me feel so good. And actually, sitting by the pool all day isn't great for my hips and my knees and my back. No. <laughs> um, so doing that half an hour session in the morning where my blood's pumping and I get those that rush of feel-good hormones is so beneficial for me. But people automatically make that assumption that you're doing it for the wrong reasons, that you're doing it for for you know to burn calories to look a certain way and that's such a that sad stigma around exercise and and I'm sure you've experienced that with many of the women that you that you train that they they're obsessed about how many calories they've burned or they're worried about the duration of their session because it just wasn't long enough or intense enough to kind of give the results and I think that that can easily be carried into pregnancy so this draw in a long-winded way I'm drawing into a question <laughs> that obviously with the experience that you have with bodybuilding and pushing your body to an extreme aesthetically how are you coping with the changes that you're seeing in your body with pregnancy so I think the only thing I've really struggled with so far which a lot of women probably absolutely love is my boobs <laughs> I I have just been team itty bitty crew for like ever yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. my boobs growing and looking completely different um I I just I you know there was a stage where I was like I just, I just don't want to look at them they're like mm. literally like completely different to what I would normally see in the mirror my stomach obviously like you know my bump getting bigger and my my hips widening and stuff like I'm actually like really embracing all of that because you know, I, I guess your, preg- your your boobs growing is a part of pregnancy, but for me, I just was like, oh god, I haven't 
ever had these things <laughs> like what do I do with these things I have to go get my like my boobs measured now yeah. and um I think that's the only thing that I've actually really struggled with so far um everything else I've really taken into my like sort of taken in my stride and do you know five years ago I probably would have been a lot different I would have been like oh well you know everyone's seen me or should I say 2015 16 time Everyone's seen me as this, like, you know, person who's, like, really lean and this is my new identity. And I soon shook that off because I was like, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's, you know, you get ready for a show and then you you sort of go back into your normal shape and you just mm-hmm. stay athletic throughout the year. But, like, now I'm just, I'm really, like, embracing how my body's changing. It's just my boobs. <laughs> I've, spoken really about, I've spoken about this online, like, just... That's the only thing that I've, you know, I'm actually kind of embracing it now because my husband's been great with it. But, uh, you know, when I first, you know, my, when I first started seeing my boobs really grow and they were really sore as well, which didn't help, um, I was like, I just don't like these things. <laughs> what are these things? It's so, and, and I think when, uh, because I, I mean, I had a boob job going back like two years now. And before that, I was very, very flat chested. But trust me, even now having had boobs for two years, the growth in my boobs in the first six weeks blew my mind. And it was, it wasn't a nice experience. It wasn't like, you know, two years ago, I made the choice. I want to have, actually it was three years, Jesus, three years ago. I want, I want to have my, you know, it was something that I really wanted. I thought it would change the way I looked at my body and it totally did. Well, without that choice and it just being a part of change I didn't I also didn't feel very comfortable with it you know um I was happy because I chose my boobs before and and now I'm not choosing these big bangers they're just there and (laughs) and I'm having to deal with them and and you know that then affects your training and what you wear and you have to rethink like that doesn't suit me anymore and you know there's so there's so much more to it so I completely empathize with that from a different end of the scale um but I think your I think what has surprised me um is most I've not spoken to one woman that has struggled with the aesthetic changes that their body goes through like I'm obviously I'm not talking about the what you've just said about your boobs but the mindset just changes and you just fall into this well this is happening now and there is no like when we go um into a competition competition season and then go um into more of a, a building season naturally most most people have that sort of mental struggle for a while about seeing their body change because that's something that we know we have to do but we don't necessarily want to do because lots of people like the way that they look when they're super lean and they're in that competitive season so we can feel quite self-conscious and a bit like oh you know not not enjoying those changes but with this you know it's just an inevitable inevitable part of the process and I think it's it's because it's something that you've never been through before it's actually such an exciting experience because it's like okay this is happening and that looks different and I've never looked at myself like that before you know and all these things are happening and they're out of your control and and it's just part of the process that we just have to kind of get used to I guess Uh, not all easy but no um, (laughs) it's but yeah, it's definitely, I think I've never spoken to anyone that has been severely upset. And I'm sure there are people out yeah. there that really struggle. Um, but yeah, it's just, it. just think about the journey, just still thinking about the journey that you've, that you and I have both been on through the years about the extremes that our body is capable of 
achieving is just phenomenal and yet we're we're just over halfway we've still got a lot of growing yeah. to do as well which is I lo- it's like we said we said at the start of this podcast like before the podcast started recording like you know we both spent years in and out of calorie deficits being mm-hmm. super shredded for you know for our sport yeah. our competitive sport and we both said you know we feel very lucky that you know we had no sort of damage from that because we obviously took the right approach and we you know, instead of staying super lean throughout the whole year, we just embraced the off season, the life mm. season, I like to call mm. it. And I actually preferred my body and life season to um, my competitive shape, um, especially. Um, so when I when I first competed, I did struggle um, mm-hmm. post show. I think a lot of people do post show. Yeah. Yeah. It was that post show rebound, like you know, I went keto for that whole prep, like completely wrong approach. Mm-hmm. But you know, you do what you do. Yeah. Keto was back in fashion in two thousand and fifteen, and I really struggled with my coming to terms with my body image after my show because I thought everyone's gonna think I'm fat now because I went from like you know athletic to super shredded yep. to then back to being athletic but a little bit more body fat on me because obviously I rebounded and I really struggled with that and I think if I was to, if I was to fall pregnant back then I probably would have struggled with my body image a little bit more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't have embraced any of it you know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm learning to embrace my boobs because I know they're going to feed my son and I know mm-hmm. that that's what they're there for but like you said about clothes and stuff I wear I, I didn't wear bras. I literally wore like sports bras or crop tops and I could get away wearing low cut tops and no one would like kind of look twice because I didn't have like a massive cleavage. Yeah. And um, now I'm like buying clothes that are a bit more sort of conservative, like buttons up because I don't want people to see my boobs out. Like I just, I've never had to have that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, um, I think I also struggle with that as well, like in the summer and stuff and, yeah. you know, boobs getting bigger and having to buy bigger, like buy bigger tops to, to accommodate for them. And mm-hmm. I think most women probably really enjoy that, but I just, you know, I'm embracing it now because I know what they're there for, but right. I will, I, I'm looking forward to them going back to my normal size. Yeah, <laughs> post, yeah, yeah. post breastfeeding, I'm like, yeah. I'm excited for my boobs to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Or go away, should I say? Or go, go away. away. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so apart from your boobs reducing, <laughs> do you have any plans or ideals for your postpartum journey in relation to training? And um, I suppose it's a competition in your mind. Have, have you got any? Have you got any thoughts about that? So I haven't thought that far ahead in terms of like competing. Um, I don't know. I always say this. I always say this after I win a world title. <laughs> I said it in 2017. I still came back. But at the moment, I'm probably set on not competing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy what I do as a career. I've built a career from my competing. And for me, helping other women achieve their goals and other, other women to achieve their goal of going on stage, like far outweighs me going on stage anymore. Like I get more of a buzz watching women on stage than I do myself. Yeah. And I think that was my time to tap out. Um, but in terms of goals, um, I really want to uh, get back into the gym, you know, when I'm able to and I'm cleared by my doctors. Um, and I really want to do like a postnatal um, photo shoot, uh, like a gym style photo shoot. Amazing. Um, 
like probably like August time, like July, August time. Obviously, you know, baby will be born in January. It gives me some time and it gives me a focus as well. And it, it for me, it just, it will be celebrating my body and what it's, you know, what has this gone through for like the last year <laughs> or like year and a half, like breastfeeding, pregnancy. Um, and I really want to be able to celebrate that. And, you know, I think as my pregnancy goes on, you don't know what your body's going to look like after uh, after pregnancy. Yeah. Um, but either way, I'm still going to celebrate it. Yeah. And, stretch and marks or no stretch marks, belly button in, belly button out. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me. <laughs> no, and it's and it, like you say, it, it's not about making comparisons to times before. It's about celebrating the new and what your body will have done by that point is just another step in a, in an amazing direction of what it's capable of so i i too i'm really excited about post-pregnancy of course i'm of course i'm excited about having a yeah. baby i'm not just looking forward to post-pregnancy but i think again it's just an opportunity when you have the history and um the mindset of a competitor who is likes to push their body to extremes I'm again not looking to extremes but I'm really excited at the prospect of being able to challenge my body in a completely new way and see how it reacts going from a competitive extreme to pregnancy to then going into this new journey of right body what can we do now like we've had the baby what can we achieve both in performance and aesthetically and I think that that's a that's so exciting as well to have an opportunity to be able to put yourself through that because much like myself I'm sure that you've worked with so many women ranging from immediately post-pregnancy right up to years after they've had a child about this unbelievable unbelievable overwhelming need to to want to get a bit of uh themselves back still feeling like they are being sort of guided by their pregnancy body regardless of how long it's been and wanting to kind of get rid of that sort of time and and focus on establishing themselves as as a mum not oh I'm still carrying my baby weight um so I think that's super exciting and and you know when we've worked I don't know about you I've worked with women in those instances and now to be able to put myself through that is is a whole different experience altogether and it's and it's super exciting really is it just it's it's more relatable then, isn't it? Yeah. Because we can understand the psycho like the psychology behind it, um, but we haven't gone through it ourselves. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really really it's a really important factor. Mm. Um, but I think there's no shame in women, you know, having their babies and wanting to get themselves back. No, not at all. There's no. It will make you a better wife, better mum, like do you know, just a better person if you are like happy in the skin you are in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in a healthy in a healthy way yeah. um you know being strong being agile being capable you want to be that grandparent that's running around at like 70 years old still yeah absolutely. that's my aim yeah like longevity is there yeah. for me <laughs> oh, I <Exactly>. want that. <laughs> yeah so as much as an aesthetic transformation is is definitely a part of it and but that definitely, I agree, is not the key. Um, for me, as now a transformed CrossFitter from a bodybuilder, yeah. I'm so excited to see what my, what my body will be capable of in, in terms of performance. I want to better where I was pre-pregnancy. And having done the research, I think that it's, it's 
my body will be in the most optimal position to do that post-pregnancy so so yeah it's a really exciting new time for for us both um so okay let's think about other people and this is maybe from your experience of what the course is the research that you've done what you're experiencing now um the people that you've coached do you think that it's possible to change aesthetically i.e improve muscle tone or appearance whilst you're pregnant so just to be clear i firstly i ask all of my interviewees this i find it a really fascinating question to ask because it's i do believe that it's be a, a personal opinion um but also just to be clear it's not about weight loss i'm not talking about getting lean or you know changing your body in that sense i mean in terms of tissue growth um and that kind of thing oh i don't know i think because i'm not monitoring it myself mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not looking at myself or uh, um i guess i'm not sort of the sort of gauge for me if i've gained muscle is i'm able to see that i'm stronger in the gym yeah um so obviously my weights go up mm-hmm. um i'm able to measure my body but obviously at the moment there's no point in doing that because <laughs> i've got like different ratios yeah. um that's a really i just i don't even, i've never really thought about it let's for me okay. it, yeah that's, we can that's, put that we can put that question on hold because you're living it right now so i'll ask yeah. you that question once the baby's here and we'll we'll revisit that question um yeah because i think the, the women that i've spoken to that have had children and that are coaches or athletes um everybody's had a slightly different take on it and um i kind of approach it from both a bodybuilding background and a, and a performance yeah. sport background in that i am personally not just like you, I've made quite a lot of adaptations quite early on, just through personal feeling of how things felt, um, not just through research and, and recommendations, but at the same time, things that I would do before I was pregnant, I'm still capable of, that perhaps has got a little bit easier. So does that mean I've grown tissue? Does it mean that I'm just more skillful or more capable? Who knows? So. I think the only time will tell, right? Post-pregnancy, once we kind of do go through that um, time where we both probably drop a bit of our pregnancy weight and see what the body reveals, I'm sure things will be different, but how different would be really interesting. Yeah, that's... Uh, that, do you know what? I haven't really... Thought, I haven't really, like... It's not even crossed my mind about growth. I've just yeah. been, like, maintain, like, maintenance, maintain my fitness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is interesting. I mean, obviously, I do feel a bit more flexible, but that's because I'm uh, relaxing and I probably yeah. should, probably need to b- back off from the stretching a little bit because I'm like, wow, <laughs> I can do a hamstring stretch and actually lock it out. Um, but uh, I think in terms of like in terms of like strength, I wouldn't know because obviously that's a hard one to pick until postnatal. I'll see where I'm at postnatal. Yeah, because I was quite I was it. I was quite strong pre-pregnancy. So I'll see if I can get back to where I was and even more. And I think that's going to be a motivation for me to even push myself even more now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like, yeah, I'm back. I've got this new body that I want to, like, work into. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's see what we can do. Absolutely. So what, are there any specifics that you feel that you have surprised you when it comes to your training? I know you've loosely mentioned 
the things that you're not doing, the things that you are doing. Um, but yeah, not, not necessarily around research, just about things that you perhaps thought that you would be able to do or vice versa, but has surprised you. So I love the back squat. I love barbell back squats. Um, I've only actually started recently just doing them again in body pump and a little bit in training. But when I was going through my first trimester um, and just partly through my second trimester, it's only been the last two weeks I've been able to actually put a barbell on my back. But I actually was unable to do barbell back squats. Um, Interesting. Just my lower back and my hips just would like really like I could feel that ligament pain mm-hmm. um and I had to go front loaded um which isn't a bad thing because I always I always you you always don't want to do front squats <laughs> so it forced me to um do a lot more front loaded stuff yeah. and I think um as I've got more into my pregnancy I have done a lot more sort of mobility work in terms of my hips and yeah. um sort of lower back and I do think that's helped me get back onto that barbell back squat mm-hmm. obviously within reason within load but um yeah that really surprised me because I thought because the squat comes so naturally to me like yeah. with a barbell on my back I literally just it's like butter it just goes down and up yeah. um it's just been one of my biggest staple lifts and it just yeah that really threw me off when I first started I was like oh mm. no I'm gonna lose my squat <laughs> I'm gonna lose yeah. it it's gone um but yeah, I've just just only just started putting it back onto my back, but oh, they're nice. being very mindful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's am- it's just amazing, isn't it? The things that you think, like I've I've experienced similar things with um, certain skills or exercises that the things yeah. that we could think that we're so good at and it's just second nature can become really difficult and vice versa. So you, you've mentioned load as well, and there is so much conflicting information out there about what we should and shouldn't do when we're pregnant when it comes to um, lifting a certain amount of weight whether it be percentages or whatever so just tell us a little bit about what you're choosing to do in terms of um, the regression of load when you're lifting so for example obviously I haven't um, I've only just now started back squatting again um, from obviously having a period of time off of it but normally I would go for maybe 100 kilos Mm -hmm. like pre-pregnancy it was 100 kilos uh, five by fives now it's more sort of volume work yeah uh more sort of tempo so mm-hmm. style so obviously i haven't got the weight there so i'm, I'm manipulating my tempo yeah nice um but I'll, I'll only put a maximum of 40 kilos in my bar mm-hmm. so i'm always staying below my body um body weight i know that they say you can kind of probably go up to around body weight if you're like an athlete but I've still sort of going below that range. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because obviously I am a little bit, you know, subconsciously I am worried about, um, you know, am I going to hurt the baby? I think that's always going to be an underlining tone with women because that motherly instinct is there already where as soon as you find out you're pregnant, you're like, oh, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Um, but I could probably go heavier if I wanted to, but instead I'm manipulating my tempos and I'm nice. manipulating... Um, the, the volume I do so I would just I pick reps over sort of the sort of strength work now yeah yeah and that's I think look again there is no right or wrong way and well there there isn't there isn't but there is so much conflicting information that's yeah. why accumulating opinion is so important so that people can make their own you know well thought out decisions about what works for them I mean comparatively pre-pregnancy um 
within CrossFit, if we're talking about strength bias lifts, when it comes to um, like a back squat, majoritively you're working towards a one rep max. So a lot of the training will be percentage work around that one lift that you know that you can, that you might have achieved a few times. And for me, um, I know that I'm capable. I know that I'm strong. I've also stopped doing anything maximal. Um, but for me, where my max is, let's say, my max is at one four two point five for it for one. That's that's I've only ever done that twice. So for me, hitting a hundred kilos actually still feels really comfortable for a, for a few reps. Like I'm I'm not talking about ten reps, but you know if I'm doing five reps, it doesn't feel a strain. It feels still very fluid for me and there is no concern about um internal pressure it just feels pretty comfortable so i think again um whether you're listening to your coach or you've read an article it still needs to go on how you feel but also bearing in mind the the physiological changes that are happening whether you're lifting or you're upside down or whatever you're choosing to do with with exercise that there are things that perhaps there is still a line where your body is still going to have to work exceptionally hard compared to if you rein it back a little bit. So everybody's boundaries are going to be different in that sense. So hundred um, percent, I, I think you've just got to listen, listen to your body. And actually, something that I heard earlier on I, on a podcast, I, I'm going to talk about this in next week's episode in a lot more detail, but I wanted to get your take on it um, to kind of finish today and sum up. Um, as as somebody who is a competitor and has pushed themselves to extremes, which isn't an easy feat, you have to take yourself to dark places sometimes to be able to get up, train, even when you're in a huge deficit and push yourself to these really challenging places to kind of get to the goal. Much like in performance sport, there's going to be times where you have to push past that boundary where most people would give up and just dig deeper and work harder and keep going. For an athlete to listen to their body is quite a difficult thing to say, I think. And I agree with what I heard earlier in that to be able to say, oh, just listen to your body. Well, when I've heard that in my early pregnancy, if I listen to my body, my body can say um, or my mind can say this hurts or this is hard, but keep going. So really to say that to someone who has that competitive the history is quite an it can be quite a misread or misleading sort of thing to, to ask someone to do is to listen to their body because if they've spent their entire career um or hobby pushing past that boundary of what feels good and what feels comfortable where do we are where can we kind of how can we change that advice to suit someone that perhaps pushes past that and and it's have you ever considered that and about your mindset of being able to push or have you just kind of fallen into the boundary of no I'm truly listening to my body and what feels comfortable yeah that's um that's a really really good point because you know we are so used to kind of just going now stuff this I'm not listening to my mind telling me no yeah (laughs) I'm gonna keep going anyway and we we've trained ourselves to do that over the years yeah um but I think it goes back to when you said about a mind mindset shift when you're pregnant you go into a, a different mindset you know different mindset towards your body um which then obviously would have a ripple effect on your different sort of mindset towards how you perform 
day-to-day life and how you do day-to-day chores and, and lifting. Mm-hmm. I think for, for me, I just kind of set aside the fact that I was, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna challenge myself in that way anymore. I don't yeah. need that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that in a box and I'm gonna save that for when I'm post, postnatal. Yeah, yeah. But I right think... now, I'm gonna challenge myself to the best of my ability but knowing my but knowing my limits that I'm growing a human being. Yeah. I I agree. Now I heard that and I thought that's such a good point. Yeah. And much like you, I have fallen I think in the first trimester I was I was struggling with more knowing my body was capable but knowing that I had these limits that I should uphold and that was that was more of a a psychological frustration that I had to get used to like I could do this but I shouldn't um and when you're in a competitive environment like with CrossFit because it is more of a you know you're surrounded by others doing the same thing that was a battle that I had to overcome personally however the thing that ultimately overrode it was the fact that my body is going through something far more extreme than, you know, putting these, putting these kind of, putting my ego on hold a little bit and just, you know, putting that to one side, that will, that can come back. So I too have been able to kind of change my mindset and think, no, that isn't right for now. That could come back and that will come back um, when the time is right. Um, but yeah, it was just a, another way of looking at it that I'd not really thought about it before um I found it really interesting especially speaking to women that have experienced and do experience that need to to like really push themselves and hurt themselves you know when when we're training and and working towards a goal and how that changes in pregnancy it's amazing it's fascinating I think your your thoughts and feelings and your sort of whole your whole being does it goes on a journey throughout pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I when I had to go into these dark places when I was training for days that I didn't want to train, I'll go back to some really dark memories I had. And now I'm actually in therapy as well. So that that obviously has an indicator, like, helped, because um, not going into too much detail, but I, I didn't have a great childhood. Um, my father figure wasn't a, it wasn't a great father figure. And... Um, I would go into some some real sort of trance trances to get through those sessions and I think mixing my therapy and knowing that I am going to be a parent myself and I can just do a better job um has actually helped me free free my mind a little bit from sort of the tools I used to use to go to some really dark places Mm, that's amazing and thank you for sharing that that's that's really intimate um but also again just proving that regardless of your athletic history and competitive mindset that pregnancy is a time for adaptation whether you know and whether you have chosen to be pregnant or not um in order for you and your baby to be as healthy as as we can we can all hope there needs to be an expectation of things have to change and they will change so um good for you that's so admirable and um i hope that it continues to aid this process in your future that's that's amazing therapy is an amazing thing i too have had therapy in my past and i love the western mindset american mindset that everybody should have a therapist i truly believe that that is something honestly it's just it's it's invaluable yeah and i don't know why it is still seen as such a 
taboo in the UK. You know, if you've got a therapist, you're crazy. If you've got a therapist, you've got a problem. Actually, no, that's not the case. And in America, they really embrace you know the need for everybody to kind of work on themselves and I couldn't agree more I mean I think so many people that we know that we work with use exercise as a form of therapy but it doesn't allow us to fully open up other things that are going on that we've perhaps suppressed and that we use as a driving force to help us in our training like you've said so that's amazing well I hope that that continues to go super well and on that note I'm going to ask you one final question if you would give advice to with with knowing what you know now at 23 weeks pregnant obviously we can't predict what's going to happen in our third trimester and beyond but what advice would you give to other mums to be or women who are considering pregnancy about training in pregnancy don't listen to other people's opinions <laughs> yes honestly that that one is that one is the biggest biggest one don't listen to other people's opinions oh you should be doing this you should do that you should do you should try this you should try that like just do what feels right for you like train how you want to train Mm -hmm. and don't let anyone else tell you otherwise amen and that is all that needs to be said zoe i'm so grateful Yeah, I think there's so much that could be said, but that is enough. And I could not agree more. Ladies, if you if you never listen to this podcast again, take that away. That is one to remember for sure. <laughs> well, look, um, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sure there were a million other topics that we could easily have talked about. But I'm really hoping that when we both are holding a baby in our arms that we can come back together and have another chat about you know plans going forward and how things are and you know our our new experiences of the journey that we're both going on I would absolutely love to have you back at that point absolutely thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute honor like it's just I've absolutely loved being able to um, share my journey and and talk with you have a catch-up I know it's been it feels like it's been forever but that's the funny thing about social media isn't it that you still feel so involved in other people's lives like I knew everything about you and your pregnancy and you know that you're training and all of those things but to actually catch up and and make it personal it's is truly it I agree it's an honor so thank you for being a part of it and uh, I look forward to continuing to watch your journey and guys if if you guys want to also watch Zoe's journey I'll put Zoe's um, information in the episode notes so you can go and check out Zoe and what she does and um, her amazing transformation throughout pregnancy Um, And of course, if you guys have anything that you would like to share, whether it be your personal experiences and questions, please get in touch. You can do that uh, by contacting me on info at MishaPG.com or any of the socials which I'll put in the episode notes as well. So Zoe, thank you again so much. I look forward to keeping in touch throughout the rest of our pregnancies and beyond. And I wish you all the best um, for meeting your baby boy. Take care of yourself. Thanks, mate. And uh, for you guys, I will be back super soon. Thanks for listening. Take care. See you later.